Amanda, remember that time we finally reached the end of the Tudor line? and historical podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your host, Anna Webb, and this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about their favorite moments in history. And today, we've done it. We've we've made it to the end of the line, the Tudor line. Yay! We're, go- <laughs> we're going to talk about Elizabeth I. I literally can't believe we're, do- like, this will be the last one. Yeah. We've been doing the Tudor since we started. I know. It's nuts. I know. I mean, I could go back and do the War of the Roses at some point, but that'll be it for another time. Right. But it's it's different than just picking away at each of the tutors. (laughs) Yeah, right. The tutors from Henry VIII. I mean, we didn't really talk about his dad, who was you know the first of the tutors, but he wasn't as interesting. So no. (laughs) Really, all he did was give us Henry VIII. And for some people, that's just what their lives are. Mm -hmm. So would you like a drink update before we begin? Of course. I am drinking an Ace Perry Craft Cider. Mm, Yum. I got super into this over the weekend. It's real good. I mean, I already had had it before, but like I was with, we were with our family in the mountains of West Virginia and uh, mom tried this for the first time and she loved it. And we bought like a bunch of it and got very (laughs) into it over the weekend. So I'm working on what I brought back. Nice. Yeah. I'm drinking water. Everybody's favorite, water. Shocking. It's no surprise. It sure isn't me. (laughs) All right. Well, should we get right into Elizabeth I? Yeah, let's do it. Great. I'm obviously, if you've been listening to my other episodes on the Tudors, there will be some repeat information here. Um, so some of it might seem abridged if you're jumping into this being like your first episode you listen to um, from our podcast. I would recommend and go back, like going back and listening to um, the other Tudors. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Elizabeth. Born September 7th, 1533 at Greenwich Palace. Uh Uh-huh. She is named after her grandmothers, Elizabeth of York and Elizabeth Howard. Yes. Just a basket full of Elizabeth. (laughs) That's a pretty English name. (laughs) Yes, it sure is. So when Elizabeth is born, she's the presumptive heir to the throne of England. So we've talked about this, obviously. Her older half-sister, Mary was the heir but then henry was like no thank you mm-hmm. your mom didn't have a boy so goodbye so yeah. he has annulled his marriage with um catherine of aragon he has declared mary illegitimate so at the time elizabeth is born she doesn't have any other siblings so she is the presumptive heir to the throne right she is given the title of princess Henry obviously does not expect her to end up being the one ruling because he expects anne boleyn his wife at the time to have a boy he thinks she'll be around for a while and we'll have more kids well which is bummer oh henry (laughs) yeah um so elizabeth is baptized on september 10th Mm Thomas Cranmer, our favorite recurring character, is one of her godparents. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, and several other people whose titles don't matter. Um, Just like a bajillion nothing. godparents. <laughs> yeah, she has a lot of godparents. She, Elizabeth is two years and eight months old when her mother, Anne Boleyn, is executed on May 9th, 1536. Bummer. Yeah, super That's bummer. a real bummer. So, at this point, Elizabeth is also declared illegitimate, just like her older Again. sister, Mary. Bummer. No, for the first time. <laughs> um, and she's removed from the royal succession, and then she her title becomes Lady Elizabeth. Yeah. So, as we know, 11 days after Anne's execution, Harry, Mary, oh. Henry, wow, Harry, his, his name's Harry now. Yeah. Um, Harry uh, marries <laughs> Jane Seymour, and then they have a son, Edward. 11 um, days. That's, it yeah. still gets me. It's well, like, he oh, was bud. Al- yeah, he was already kind of all up in her business. At I that know, point. but still. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that dude sucked. Wow. Big time. Big time. We actually won't talk about him quite as much in Elizabeth's story. Excellent. Yeah, I prefer there, that. There will be a moratorium on the Henry talk at a certain point. <laughs> or Harry, as he's now known. I mean, um, that is another nickname for Henry, so. Uh, yes, it is. That's true. So, um, Edward is born. He becomes the legitimate heir to the throne. Right. Uh, Elizabeth is placed in his household. Sure. Uh, Elizabeth is very well educated. She has really great tutors. And tutors. Not to be confused tutors. with their last name. Tutors. <laughs> but um, <laughs> What was that laugh? He sounded like the um that character on SpongeBob. I was supposed to like say it sounded like SpongeBob pitched down about three times. Yeah, about three octaves. Yeah. Um so she learns four languages French, Flemish, Italian, huh. and Spanish. Flemish. Yeah, Flemish. Hmm. By 1544, she can write in English, Latin, and Italian. Nice. She has pretty progressive tutors, so they all belong to the new school. So Elizabeth is like one of the first children in England to be educated under this idea that like discipline is not everything. Oh, all right. What a novel concept. (laughs) Yeah, so Mary was educated, her older sister was educated in a very disciplined environment. And Elizabeth was allowed to be a little bit more of a free thinker and learning should be, like, engaging. explains so much about who they are as people. (laughs) Yeah, a lot about their personalities. Wow, that really, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I really liked this quote that said, by the by the time her formal education ended in 1550, Elizabeth was one of the best educated women of her generation. Yo. At the end of her life, Elizabeth was also believed to speak Welsh, Cornish, Scottish, and Irish in addition, to the, in addition to the other languages she already knew. Dang, girl. Yeah, she's extremely well educated. Um, and she's very, like, she has this real desire to... Um, please her father for obvious reasons and they actually all do. yeah and actually henry and elizabeth don't have the worst relationship it's not nearly as um combative as his relationship with mary because you know elizabeth is raised protestant so uh-huh. there's not the catholic question sort of between them right it's, and and i think that henry really did like blame anne boleyn for a lot of things but didn't take it out on elizabeth as much as he took his marriage his first marriage out on mary which is like 
That sucks so bad for Mary. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But also, yeah. that kind of makes sense that, like, as he got older, he just, like, didn't have the energy to fight it anymore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Plus, Elizabeth was so smart and yeah. so she she really wanted to impress him all the time. She, there's this story of her, like, I'm sure you've seen the portrait of Elizabeth, like, holding the book in her hand and she's got all the rings on and she's got her finger in the page of the book. Mm-hmm. And it's like she had that painting done for her father and sent it to him. Like, huh. and there's all these m- images in it that are supposed to be like, hey, look at me. I'm the good one, right? It's like the Bible's open on the, right. the thing next to her. She's studious. She's got her finger in the book. You know, she, you know, it's That's like. really interesting. Yeah, she she very much wanted to impress him. So huh. she, her being well-educated is like a big part of why her father still liked her, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is to um, an extent. Which is more than Mary could say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Edward could say more than either of them. But like. Yeah, that, well, because he was a boy, so. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which. <laughs> in 1547, Henry VIII dies. Oh my gosh, he dies so early in this so one. So early in this one. We don't have to keep talking about him. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. And Edward VI, his son, becomes king at age nine. At the time of his death, he Henry is married to Catherine Parr. Mm-hmm. And once she is widowed, she marries <laughs> that old chestnut, Thomas Seymour. Mm-hmm. Now, Thomas Seymour is a pretty big part of Elizabeth's story, so. Oh, good. I am so glad we get to hear more about this fool. <laughs> it's about to get the most uncomfortable you've ever felt about Thomas Seymour. Oh, no. I already felt very uncomfortable about him. <laughs> so, Catherine and Thomas take Elizabeth in. Right. She moves to Chelsea to live with them. Thomas Seymour is 40 years old at this time. Oh, God, it's already bad. Elizabeth is 14. Oh, it's already bad. He, quote unquote, engages in romps and horseplay <sighs> with her. Ew. Enters no. her bedroom no. at night, tickles her, slaps <gasps> her on the butt. No, I hate this man. Oh, well, he's worse than Henry. No, stop. <laughs> Hold up, though, because Catherine knows this is happening. Oh, no. Does not confront him or stop him, but instead uh, joins in. Oh, no, Catherine, no. She, at one point, holds her while he, like, cuts up the gown no. she's wearing. This is so bad. Yeah. So, but at one point, she finds them, like... They, they say in an embrace. Oh, Lord. Um, and that's when she ends it. That's when she's like, enough's enough. And in May, and f- in May of 1548, Elizabeth is sent away to live somewhere else. That sucked so bad. We are not done. Why? No. <laughs> so in 1548, on September 5th, Catherine dies during right. childbirth or after childbirth. So this is when Thomas starts turning his attention back to Elizabeth. Because if you'll remember from our past stories, mostly of Edward's reign, um, Thomas's brother is basically running the government while Edward is too young to do so. And Thomas really wants power. So he's like, well, I'll just marry Elizabeth now that my wife's dead. And Elizabeth is like, mm, I will only do that if council approves. And of course, council's not going to approve. She knows yeah. that. So <laughs> good move. Good move, Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, she gets out of it. Again, she's smart. 
<laughs> Only if my dad says yes, and then you uh, go up and go, please. Not say even no, her I don't dad. Do her it. brother. <laughs> no, but like you just go up and you go, please say no. I don't want to do please it. Like that's what she did. Yeah, she's like, oh my gosh. Um, do you want me to come over tonight? Oh, hang on. Let me let me just ask my mom. Hey, mom. Can I? She says no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can't do it tonight. Sorry. Um. So in January of 1549, Thomas Seymour is arrested on suspicion of plotting to marry Elizabeth. And overthrow his brother, Edward. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, Elizabeth basically won't give anything away when she's interrogated. Which, sure. obviously. Yeah. First of all, she's not going to admit any kind of guilt. Secondly, she's young. So she very well could have been in love with him. But she knows that's not right. And she was definitely manipulating She's very smart. That. She's not an idiot. Like- right. And she's already seen her mother and another of Henry's wives be beheaded. Right. She's not going to play that same game. Not going to so play that like, game. She's like, nah. And she's never found guilty of any sort of inappropriate behavior. Good. And Thomas Seymour is beheaded on March 20th of 1549. Ayo. So, Happy birthday to me. Every time we talk about it, I'm like, I'm so glad that fool is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Enough of him. Yeah. So on July 6th, 1553, Edward, the king, dies at age 15. I like the way you said the king. The boy king Edward. The boy king! Bring me the boy king! The boy king hath died. That's unfortunate. And again, if you'll recall from our episode about him, he decides that he's going to name Lady Jane Grey as his successor because (laughs) he doesn't want Mary to take the throne because she's Catholic and he's been implementing a bunch of Protestant policies. And even though it means that he'll have to also exclude Elizabeth, which he doesn't want to do because she's Protestant, he decides he's going to do it anyway because he doesn't want to risk Mary taking the throne. It was a bad move. It was a bad move. It makes perfect sense why he did it, but it was a bad move. Yeah. Well, he was also 15. Yep. So... (laughs) Although you know, he was a pretty smart kid, too. Yeah, but 15-year-olds by nature are just dumb. <laughs> no fair. offense, 15-year-olds. When you're not 15, you'll go, yeah, I was definitely dumb. Was <laughs> so as we know, Mary gathers basically an army, and she's like, I'm the rightful heir to the throne. She rides into London on August 3rd, 1553. She takes her throne, and Elizabeth rides at her side. So they show up in solidarity, that doesn't last very long. Right. <laughs> um, because Elizabeth is educated and raised as a Protestant. Now, she doesn't necessarily identify as, like, super Protestant. Elizabeth She's not is- as strong in her beliefs as, as like, some or- of Henry's wives or or Mary. Like- or Mary. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Mary is a devout Catholic and mm-hmm. she's, like... Um, everybody in the country now has to attend mass and Elizabeth is like okay I guess I'll do it but she's like you know you, you'll have to teach me because I don't know anything about Catholicism oh no I'm so innocent T- tell me your ways so that she can like outwardly conform to Mary's new regulations because again she's smart smart making those moves <laughs> yeah um, and if you'll recall, Mary wants to wed Prince Philip of Spain, and this is super unpopular. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of people start looking to Elizabeth as, like, a focus for their opposition to Mary's religious policies. They're like, she's the Protestant one. You know, she'll save us. And she's just out here like, I had to, oh, I'm God. a child. Leave me alone. I'm fine. Please, yeah. stop. She's like, stop making my sister mad. She's going to kill me. Um, 
So in January and February of 1554, we get Wyatt's Rebellion. Right. Um, which breaks out basically over the issue of Mary, the wanting to marry Philip of Spain. Uh-huh. Um, Elizabeth is suspected of being part of it. She never, it's never proven because she didn't put anything in writing. Someone certainly wrote to her and said, hey, should we do this? And she was very careful about it. She didn't write back. She just said to the messenger, like, I'll, I'll, hey, whatever's God's will, you know, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, okay. I like that that used to be an argument that people could use to get out of anything. Right. Like, like, well, if it's God's will, then you'll do it as if you have. Like, you then have to make the decision to do it. So I, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, Mary used that with her pregnancy. Oh, it's well, God's will. Oh, God is punishing me. Like, <laughs> well, Mary thought God was punishing her her whole life. And can you blame her? No, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> she was kind of being punished anyway. So. Yep. Um, so Elizabeth is brought to court, interrogated, and they can't really prove it. But Mary is, you know adamant and so on march 18th elizabeth is imprisoned in the tower of london oof yeah um chancellor at the time stephen gardner tries to put elizabeth on trial but elizabeth's sympathizers and the government sort of convince mary that that's not the best idea and that she should like spare elizabeth because there's no proof right um and so on may 22nd she's released but she's moved to Woodstock and she spends a year under house arrest. She is released from house arrest on April 17th, 1555, when she's called back to court because Mary believes that she's pregnant. So Elizabeth has to be there in case Mary and the baby die. Right. Because then Elizabeth takes the throne. Right. Mary is not pregnant. Uh-huh. <laughs> Turns out. She sure wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, so at this point, a lot of people, both in the public and in the government, believe, like, okay, Mary clearly can't have children. This basically means Elizabeth's spot is secure. I like how she has one... I mean, I know it was a wild situation, her, like, phantom pregnancy, but I like that that happens once and they go, well, clearly she can't have children. Yeah. yeah. As if there isn't any other chances. I know there were lots well, of but also, situational things that made it so she definitely wasn't going to have kids. Like, people yeah. knew that. But I do like the fact that it's, like, one weird health scare, all of a sudden, oh, she's never going to have she's children. She's never going to have Like, well, I think it was also about the fact that her husband was, like, never yes. home. so she's never gonna have a legitimate heir yeah um so one of the people who who believes elizabeth's spot is now secure is philip mary's husband oh that's right i forgot about this (laughs) yeah so he he has the spanish throne he's like okay clearly my sister-in-law is going to be queen after my wife is gone or can't do it anymore and he prefers this pretty heavily to the alternative successor which is mary queen of scots Mary, Queen of Scots, is, of course, betrothed to the Dauphin of France. Right. And France and Spain are, like, not, not having a good time yeah. together. So Philip is pretty supportive of Elizabeth at this point. Right. Mary falls ill in 1558, and Elizabeth basically starts making plans for her government. November 6th, Mary is finally forced to recognize Elizabeth as her successor, even though she doesn't want to, because Elizabeth's a Protestant, but she doesn't really have a choice. At least she didn't try and play all those games that everyone else has. 
Yeah. To get well, her and out. also she at this point Mary's dying. She's depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, she hasn't had the child she so desperately wanted and she's just like whatever. It's all yours. Well, and I think she also recognized that Elizabeth had to struggle through the same things that she had to struggle through to try and get on the throne and I think she just reached a point where she was like this might as well happen. Like Yeah, I mean, honestly, Mary's religious fervor was such that I think if she had an alternative, no matter what Elizabeth went through, she would she would have taken the alternative. Yeah, that's true. But the alternatives were all just way worse. Yeah. So Mary dies November 17th, 1558, and Elizabeth takes the throne. She's 25. Oh. So she's waited a while. <laughs> yeah. But not as long as Mary did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Elizabeth is crowned and anointed and anointed, excuse me, on January 15th, 1559 at Westminster Abbey. Can I tell you, this is the first time I've been excited that somebody got crowned <laughs> in this whole story. Yeah. Because the rest of the time I knew they would all die tragically. And now I'm just like, or do something terrible. But now yeah. I'm like, hey, Elizabeth is on the throne. Time to party. Like, I'm, I'm so glad. This is getting real now. Time to party. <laughs> Um, it's not all parties, but uh, <laughs> we'll get to that here in a second. Elizabeth is super popular. Yay. Because obviously there are a lot of Protestants in the country who have just spent however much time under Mary's reign being persecuted and be living in fear of being burned at the stake. Yeah, that's real bad. Yeah, and now they can, you know, live freely again. Elizabeth isn't married yet, obviously, so people are very worried about her prospects um and they are concerned that she'll end up basically she'll end up marrying a catholic because those are the majority options for her right because a lot of the european leaders at this point are catholic right so mary or i'm sorry elizabeth is protestant but she keeps a lot of the catholic symbols like she keeps the crucifix she kind of downplays the role of sermons which is a pretty high Protestant uh, Protestant, ideal yeah yeah um she really wants to stay neutral and elizabeth actually really really believes that religion is personal and which is a more protestant belief than a catholic belief yeah so she doesn't have a problem with catholics practicing catholicism or with protestants practicing protestantism but that's just like not where we are in the world and she knows it yeah she got stuck in a position where a Protestant church got set up and then destroyed, and then a Catholic church got set up and is falling apart because the strongest advocate for it is gone. And right. so, like, even though she would have been perfectly happy to just let people be, she has to do something because there's no system in place. Yes, plus, in the Catholic church's view, she is not legitimate, and she does not right. deserve to be on the throne. So that's a real threat to her. So she her genuinely reign. has to say, no, she no. She has <laughs> to embrace Protestantism because Catholicism will throw her off the throne, right. basically, if, yeah. she, if she, you know, embraces them. Right. So she basically comes up with, like, a sort of a compromise that, <laughs> I mean, sort of, <laughs> um, basically says i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read this because it's like a lot and i think that this explains it better than i could so um she sought a protestant solution that would not offend catholics too greatly while addressing the desires of english protestants she would not tolerate the more radical puritans though 
who were pushing yeah. for far-reaching reforms. Yeah, it's I mean, not yeah. Her gig. <laughs> yeah. So as a result, the Parliament of 1559 started to legislate for a church based on the Protestant settlement that Edward had put forth. Sure. With the monarch as its head, so Elizabeth, mm-hmm. um, but with a lot of Catholic elements, like vestments. Which so, is sort of what the Church of England was, was when Henry for a started. while. Yeah. Yeah, there was just all that, like... It wasn't firm Uncertainty. Up. Yeah. And yeah. now it's official. So she's not given the title of Supreme Head. Because a lot of the people in the parliament were like, a woman can't have that title. Oh, Lord. So instead, she has the title Supreme Governor of the Church of England. Hey, Just parliament. like the same thing. Hey, parliament, you're going to have a lot of women in charge for yeah, a really right? long time. Hate to break it to you, but for like a while, you're going to have a lot of Additionally, women in charge. Additionally, it means the same thing. It so super does. I don't get it. <laughs> Ugh, whatever. <laughs> so... May 8th, 1559, the new Act of Supremacy becomes law, and public officials have to swear allegiance to Elizabeth as the, you know, this new title, the head of the church. Right. Or they risk losing their jobs. Sure. (laughs) But the heresy laws are repealed, so. Thank the Lord. That's a pretty good one. Real rough. Yeah. Um, So, an Act of Uniformity is passed. And this makes attendance at church and the use of the 1552 Book of Common Prayer compulsory. Um, so it basically means, like, you're not supposed to be practicing Mass anymore. So there are penalties for it, but it's not None of nearly them as extreme. <laughs> yeah, it's not death, and it's not nearly as extreme if you don't attend church or sure. doing Mass. So let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Elizabeth's love life. Let's yes. dish. <laughs> let's dish let's dish we're in our pajamas we're gasping <laughs> so, around pop the popcorn it's dish time baby <laughs> no. so obviously we know elizabeth never marries but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that she didn't have prospects <laughs> so elizabeth has a childhood friend named robert dudley and she is in love with him mm. and Around 1559, when she's, you know, taken the throne, she's pretty clear. She's made it pretty clear that this is who she wants to marry. Um, He is married, but his wife is really ill. And she says, you know, like, if your wife passes, I I would like to marry you, Um, you know, when the time comes. But then there are lots of foreign suitors who are who are pursuing Elizabeth. Dudley doesn't really seem like a good match for her um, in terms of England's point of view. They don't think that that's a good idea because it's not shoring up an alliance. I was about to say because they they want her to make power moves with her marriage, and she well, just yeah, wants she's to be a married. queen. Yeah, she's a queen. You know, um, so Dudley's wife Amy dies in September 1560 from a fall. <gasps> so not even from being sick, she falls on a flight of stairs and she dies. <gasps> drama yeah and this is i read this despite the coroner's inquest finding of an accident many people suspected dudley of having arranged her death <gasps> so that he could marry the queen drama. scandal the shade of it all <laughs> so elizabeth is obviously advised against marrying him Yet there are rumors that the nobility is going to kind of rise in revolt if that's what she decides to do what a wild so, thing to revolt over just and it's yeah, not like well, not not marrying out of like a 
bad alliance just literally just marrying some dude. Yeah, well. And people would riot over It's different when you're a queen, though. It's different. It's It would be one thing if she were a princess and never going to take the throne. Like, people are right. going to be upset about it, but ultimately she can marry whoever she wants, let's be honest. But she's she's on the throne now, <laughs> and right. it matters. Um, so, basically it becomes clear that she's not going to marry him. She does give him a title, the Earl of Leicester in 1564, um, I think basically so he can stay at court because they stay very close friends for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. He ends up remarrying in 1578. Elizabeth does not like his wife and makes well. that very clear. <laughs> She's not very <laughs> yeah. nice to him. Then, of course, there is Philip of Spain, our oh. former king. Oh, Philip. Uh, he proposes to Elizabeth, uh, but she declines. Yeah. So. End of end of marriage uh, proposal. End She's of good. Uh, possibility. Thank you. Yeah. End of that romance. She was like, nah. Big, well, and again, like, think about what her dad did. Yeah. Her father married his brother's wife, and then and used it all that. fell apart. <laughs> yeah, he used that as an excuse to basically ruin everything. So, yeah. ugh. She was smart with that one, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's no wonder she doesn't want to get married because her dad did it so many times and it was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Other people considered were King Eric of Sweden with a bunch of numbers afterward that I don't, I'm not going to try to deal with that. 14th. Yeah. 14th. Um, Prince, or sorry, King, ex-King, I guess he's a prince again. Philip's cousin, Archduke Charles of Austria. Um, in 1569, the relationship with the Habsburg sword starts to deteriorate. Which was probably a good thing in the end, because the Habsburgs just fell apart. Yeah, so those other options are no longer options. So she, um, considers marriage to two French princes, and it just doesn't happen. Um, she... Wanted to at at one point she the marriages with the French were proposed because of an alliance that was being planned against the Spanish to control the Southern Netherlands, but mm-hmm. it just like never happens. England is so weird because they have this weird back and forth with the French and the mm-hmm. Spanish, and like mm-hmm. sometimes are aggressively at war with one or the other of them. But then a couple years later, are like, and now we're friends, man. Yeah, and Rome, throw Rome yeah, in there too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, politics. They're so weird. Yeah. It is very, especially during Henry's reign. It's yeah, very it's back and forth with France. It's fluid. And, it's weird. Yeah. France and Rome kind of back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. So in 1563, Elizabeth is ill with smallpox. Oh, no. That's she's not good. like, yeah, she's like in a coma, unconscious <gasps> for a while. Whoa. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, girl. She was close to death's door. She's, uh, so of course the question of her succession is like super urgent at this point. And she still refuses to just marry anyone and she refuses to name an heir. That's my girl, man. Yeah. So she was like, I'm gonna get out of this one. Thank you. I appreciate her so much. Yeah. So she gets better, obviously. (laughs) And in 1570, it's like totally clear Elizabeth's not going to get married. Um, People, historians never really figure out exactly why she decided never to get married. Um, Seymour's, you know, 
harassment probably had a lot to do with it. Yep. And her um, dad had a lot to do with it. Yeah, her dad had a lot to do with, with it. She was, like, pretty, I think, in my opinion, pretty terrified of the idea of marriage because she saw what it could do to people. I mean. Based on her father's experiences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. And you know what's really funny? That totally tracks that, like, Mary, based on her upbringing, mm-hmm. had a totally opposite reaction to that as The Elizabeth need had. to secure a marriage. And yeah. And have it be permanent. Yeah. yeah. And Elizabeth was like, no. And it has so much to do with the way that they were raised. Like, that totally yeah. tracks that those would be their... The two extreme responses to that they had. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Um, her last courtship of her life is with Francis, Duke of Anjou, and he's 22 years younger than her. Ooh, Ooh, girl. All right, hey, girl, you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Yep. Um, some accuse Elizabeth of being irresponsible for not marrying, um, because it's her duty to produce an heir and create alliances. I like how she's Um, like, how about this? It's my duty to rule the country. (laughs) Yeah, well, and you know what? This was sort of her viewpoint, and she- you know, she had a good point here based, again, on her life's experiences. By not naming an heir, it made the possibility of a coup much smaller. Because yeah, because there weren't people fighting over it. Yeah. Right? So she she was like, well, I'll name them when, I, when it's time for me to name them. But as of now, like, you're not fighting over your claim to the throne. Oh, she rules. Yeah. So, I like her so much. Yeah. And also, the fact that she never married inspires this cult of virginity. Oh, yeah. Um, she's, you know, depicted as a virgin or goddess in, in poetry and all of her pictures. And we'll talk a little bit more about her image kind of later. Uh-huh. Um, but that's, like, very much inspired by her. Mm-hmm. Um, by 1578, she's still going, 1578... There are public tributes to her as the Virgin Queen, and the public starts to say, well, she doesn't need to get married. She's the Virgin Queen. And it becomes this idea that she's married to her kingdom. She insists it. The people insist it. I'm married. You know, my subjects are are my spouses. I'm married to them. My duty is to them and no one else. Nuns say that they're married to the church. Yeah. Well, that's what she says. It's divine protection. I love love that she yeah. is amazing yeah it was a pretty ballsy move and, yeah like for that time and after all of the things that have come before her for her to mm-hmm. take that stance and for people to start supporting it was like yes why the fact that she got the public on her side with that was massive and i think it just she was good at creating that image like she understood like well, what again, it would take yeah, yeah. And she's well educated. She's uh-huh. a good communicator, and she and know. she's seen how poorly an image can be created, and she yeah. knew how to do it right. That is very true. So impressive. Yeah, she is impressive. So, okay, now let's get a little more political. Oh, here we go. So Elizabeth is extremely opposed to France's presence in Scotland. So a little France too close a- to home. Yeah, France has a presence in Scotland because Mary, Queen of Scots, who is Elizabeth's cousin, is married to the the Dauphin of France, the Prince of France, who mm-hmm. then becomes king, right? He becomes king before he dies, right? I don't I think remember. So. I, think I think so. so. So she, Elizabeth fears that France is going to try to invade England to try to throw her off the throne so that Mary, Queen of Scots, can take the throne. I mean, that's a fair 
fear. <laughs> yeah, plus Mary is Catholic. So mm. <laughs> there's also that. So a lot of people believe that Mary is the rightful heir because she's the granddaughter of Henry VIII's sister, Margaret. So see, here's yet another reason why it's a good call that Elizabeth did not want to have children because you get too many mm-hmm. people who are too closely related and this yep. starts coming up. Like, yeah. If Henry would have had a son or a daughter that he let go on the throne right away, that would have never been, nobody would have ever questioned that. That's just right. far enough removed. Like, Well, truthfully, if he had never split from the Catholic Church, because yes. that's the thing, right? She, Mary, Queen of Scots, is part of the Catholic Tudor line. Yeah, yeah, Therefore, yeah, yeah, yeah. they believe she has the claim to the throne. Mm-hmm. Because Elizabeth is still considered by many to not be legitimate mm-hmm. because he wasn't his, she wasn't his first wife's child Child. Mm -hmm. so elizabeth actually ends up sending a force to scotland to aid the protestant rebels there so this brings about the treaty of edinburgh in july of 1560 which removes the french threat right mary queen of scots is in france at this time so she returns to scotland um in 1561 and finds a protestant church has been set up it's run by the nobles who are approved by elizabeth she mary's like i'm not ratifying that treaty like what have you done while i was not here (laughs) um and actually in 1563 elizabeth proposes that robert dudley elizabeth's bff Uh marry mary queen of scots and she decides this is going to be the arrangement but she doesn't tell either of them oh my gosh (laughs) they're obviously not into that well Um, no because, oh, right, I forgot. Uh, Francis, Mary, Queen of Scots' first husband, has died at this yes. point. Yes, he sure has. <laughs> yeah. Um, so instead, in 1565, Mary marries Henry Stuart, who also has a claim to the English throne. This is what Stuart. I'm saying. It gets too close. There's too many it, relatives. It's a bad call. And it's about to get real shady. Oh. So that marriage, super unpopular. People don't like it, and Elizabeth definitely doesn't like it. No. And Henry Stewart is murdered (gasps) in February 1567 by conspirators, probably led by James Hepburn, who is the fourth Earl of Bothwell. Now, hold up. Mary then makes the dumbest decision she could possibly make. And on May 15th, 1567... Mary marries James. (gasps) And this, of course, causes rumors that she was helping to plot her husband's death. Yeah, hello, Hamlet. Come on now. Yes, right? So Elizabeth confronts her about the marriage. She writes her a letter and she's like, this is absurd. Why would you do this? And eventually this is basically what's going to bring mary down so it's important to know about mary because her relationship to elizabeth is like bonkers yeah (laughs) so (sighs) we're not even done yet oh god so mary is then imprisoned at loch levin castle she's forced to abdicate in favor of her son james the sixth who's still a baby at the time. Sure. So <laughs> he is taken to Stirling Castle to be raised as a Protestant. Because was he, now... Was he her son by Henry think, or James? I think Henry. Um, Let me double check. Okay. Um, 
So this is the James that is James the sixth and first because he be. Uh, we'll get there. Yes. Oh, I know. Oh, don't you worry. Yes. I know all about him. We'll get into him later. His yes, Henry Stewart was his father. Okay, that's what I thought. Um. So he. So Elizabeth's pulling the strings now, right? Because Mary doesn't have a like to stand on anymore. So she sends James to be raised as a Protestant, mm-hmm. right? She's like, we're ending this Catholic nonsense right now. So. <sighs> In 1568, Mary escapes from <gasps> Loch Leven. But uh, it does not last long. Sure. <laughs> she flees to the border into England, where she thought she was going to get Elizabeth's help. Because at one point in time, Elizabeth was like, I will help you. You know, she was right. like, I am here for you. Because she was trying to get Mary in her good graces. Sure. So. Um, when there was more of a threat. <laughs> Right, but now the people have forced Mary off the throne, and Elizabeth is actually kind of here for it, right? So Mary flees into England, and Elizabeth at first was like, well, I should restore her. She's a a fellow monarch. She's technically family, right? Mm -hmm. It could be beneficial to keep a member of the family on the Scottish throne. But you also now have in your pocket a kid who you're raising Protestant. So yeah, basically, yeah, and so she decides that she better play it safe, and they detain her in England. Instead, sure. they, they they detain Mary in England, and she stays there for the next nineteen years, or like eighteen and a quarter, or something right. like that. I can't remember. Um, so during this time, there are obviously lots of Catholic uprisings because they're all rallying around Mary, Queen of Scots. And um, they, you know, the Catholics want her back on the throne and they want her on the English throne, too. So this this includes the 1569 Rising in the North, which you may have heard of. Mm. Um, 750 rebels are defeated in that rising and they're executed on Elizabeth's orders. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. At least it was a genuine uprising and not just, like, burning a bunch of Protestants. You know what I, I guess, mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I don't believe they were burned, which is, like, a much more, I guess, humane <laughs> version of execution. It's at least less aggressive. <laughs> it is certainly a, a bit less Well, it, it depends on your definition. <laughs> so, around the same time, Pope Pius V excommunicates elizabeth and basically says to her subjects who are still catholic that if they follow her orders they will be excommunicated as well so in 1581 to start converting english subjects to catholicism with the intent to draw them away from elizabeth um, that was made a treasonable offense, and that carried the death penalty. Converting to Catholicism? With the intent uh. to. So, converting people to Catholicism. So, I come in and I want to convert you to Catholicism with the intent to pull you oh, away from okay. Elizabeth. That's a punishable offense, and the punishment is death. Right. Um, from the 1570s, missionary priests start coming on in to try to convert everybody back to Catholicism. Um, lots of them were executed. Well, yeah. And this sort of created a cult of martyrdom around these priests. Oh, that is so unfortunate. Yeah. So, in 1586, Mary is found guilty of plotting to assassinate Elizabeth. She's found guilty of being part of all of these rebellions who mm-hmm. are trying to get Elizabeth off the throne. 
And she's beheaded the following year on February 8th, 1587. And after Mary's execution, Elizabeth actually says, well, hold on. I never actually intended for that execution warrant, which I signed, to be carried out. Um. Like, she was saying she had second thoughts, but that her secretary, William Davison, implemented it before she was able to stop him, essentially, without telling her. So who knows? That's I would love to ask Elizabeth that question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's one of those things where it's like, you know, if she says that then, obviously there's a lot of people who are going to be like, hmm, I don't know. But now because we, like, revere her so much, most people probably believe that to be surely, true. Surely, surely she did not mean to execute her. Yeah. But she was a smart woman. She was. She and she, she was w- doing. she would have both done that and said that to keep herself looking good. Like, she, yeah. she does not play. And you know what? She was afraid of Mary, and Mary was a not afraid of her. Yeah. Not at all. So... There's a lot of, like, military aspects to Elizabeth's reign. Like, a lot. We're going to skip over a bunch of them. But essentially, the the abridged version is that Elizabeth has a lot of Catholic enemies abroad. The Pope has said, essentially, you know, whichever of you European Catholic leaders take Elizabeth out, you've got the good graces of me, the Pope, and Rome. We're behind you all the way, right? So. That's rough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about the Spanish Armada because Elizabeth is extremely well known for the defeat of the Spanish Armada. Yes. So July 12th, 1588, the Spanish Armada arrives in England to invade and to dethrone Elizabeth. So what really happens is there are a lot of missteps, miscommunications. They tried an attack of English fire ships on july 29th basically disperses the spanish ships right right which is just where they catch a bunch of ships on fire and sail them towards the spanish ships. right right and they're and they're the spanish ships are gone yeah elizabeth and her armies don't know that Mm -hmm. they don't know that they've basically already been defeated so elizabeth rides to essex to inspect her troops wearing a silver breastplate over a white velvet dress you've probably seen this you know image fashion And here she gives one of her most famous speeches in which she says, Mm. I know I have the body, but of a weak and feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of a king and of a king of England, too. And think foul scorn that Parma or Spain or any prince of Europe should dare to invade the borders of my realm. Oh, man, that is Shakespearean. Yeah, hugely famous speech by her. If you look up Elizabeth the first quotes, you're going to find that body of a weak and feeble woman right. that's heart and stomach of a king you're gonna find it that is that literally sounds like something shakespeare would write yeah but she gives this rousing speech and there's no invasion yep <laughs> because they never got there so basically this becomes a propaganda victory for yeah her, man right for her and for protestant england um the English are like, oh, it's, a, it's another sign from God. <laughs> you know, that our virgin queen is 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 right in all that she does. We've defeated this this strong force. Um, this is one of my favorite goofs of history because the Spanish yes. Armada was like the strongest at this yes. point. Like, they were at the peak of their power and they tried to roll up to England and basically just like a scheduling conflict prevented them from like doing anything yeah people being on their guard and 
them getting scared off. Yep. Got rid of that. Like, the the strongest armada in the world at that time. And it was just, like, a weird little accident that took them down. Yeah, and additionally, Elizabeth tries to send, um, you know, ships. She tries to send the English armada, <laughs> or as she call, as some call it, the counter armada, to Spain. And it gets completely demolished. Yes, because they have a better armada. <laughs> yeah. They're the real good at of, that. <laughs> yeah. 11,000 to 15,000 killed, wounded, or died of disease. And 40 ships sunk or captured. So they had this advantage because they were able to disperse these ships mm-hmm. and they they just got crushed. Yeah. So she's so But nobody famous. remembers that because the propaganda around her winning was so good. Yes. And it, and it still is. That's the thing. It's not like people then didn't know that this additional thing happened and that's not what was written down ruined spain's image when that happened like even though they came back and won again because enough people knew that they got defeated in england which are like they're not good (laughs) that that ruined their image it like crushed spain yeah it did so at this point things also not looking great for elizabeth's country right Mm. so in 1588 her economy is suffering Catholics are becoming more repressed. Um, She starts authorizing commissions in 1591 to interrogate and monitor Catholic households. So she's cracking down a little bit. I mean, she's still not burning people at the stake, but, like, she's cracking down. Sure. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's an uncertain economy. So here we have the literary movement. Party! So when you hear about Elizabethan literature, this is, you know, when it happened. Mm-hmm. Edmund Spencer's The Shepherd's Calendar comes out 1578. Shakespeare and Marlowe are writing. Um, actually, though, Elizabeth is not a great patron of the arts. No. <laughs> so they don't actually owe a lot to her, but that's what we remember. Uh-huh. Um, and this is when Elizabeth's image starts to sort of come about and change. So... She's portrayed as Gloriana, you know, in Spencer's, Edward's, Edmund Spencer's poem, uh, The Fairy Queen. She's this beautiful sort of goddess woman. Mm. She's, her portraits are not realistic at all. She's, this is where you see her with like the white face and the, and those portraits are like how she's painted her whole life, even when she's older and she doesn't look like that. Uh Uh-huh. Um, there is, like, a painting of how she actually looked, and you can definitely find it. I think it's just, like, on her Wikipedia page, but you can definitely find it huh. where it's more about how she actually looked, and it is vastly different. Right. Um, you know, the painters make her look younger, and truthfully, her skin had been permanently damaged from when she had smallpox. She was... So she wore wigs. She was half bald from it. Huh. She wore she wore that powder on her face because she had all the scars. Right. She was terrified of dentists. I mean. <laughs> and she loved sweets, so her teeth were just decaying. Huh. Um, she, people who would come to see her had a hard time understanding her because her teeth were in such bad shape that her speech was impaired by it. That's the kind of stuff I find the most fascinating about yes, these and people. She, a lot of people actually said later in her life she started to become very vain because, you know, she knew she was deteriorating but this this idea that like the image had to be out there that she was youthful and beautiful and well and that she had because of build yes and she became very vain about it well yeah of course she did (laughs) yeah 
So August 4th, 1598, something important happens. Oh, no. (laughs) Elizabeth's senior advisor, William Cecil, dies. And his son, Robert Cecil, takes over and becomes the leader of the government. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth still hasn't named an heir. So Cecil starts kind of sneaking around, working in secret to figure out who who's it going to be. Mm. So he starts negotiating with our good friend James, oh, the buddy. sixth of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And he basically says, because he's got really the strongest claim. Because but it's he's, not, the, he's the son of two different, not recognized, but technically a <laughs> yes, part of the exactly. line people. Yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of the only one. Yeah. Mary didn't have kids. Edward didn't have kids. He's the only one. Mm-hmm. So he basically, like, goes to James and is like, Listen, like, flatter her, right? Like, just be nice to her, basically. And she's going to be cool with it. I think technically she never officially names him heir, but huh. she makes it clear to her advisor. That, that she's like, all right with that. Right, yeah. right. And makes it clear to James yeah. that that's what she intends to do. So by the autumn of 1602, Elizabeth's health starts going downhill. She's lost a lot of friends. A lot of her friends have passed away, and she starts to be very depressed. Yeah. And in March of 1603, she is sick. She sits on a chair for hours on end without moving. And by March 24th, 1603, Elizabeth has died. Mm -hmm. She dies at Richmond Palace between 2 and 3 in the morning. And Cecil and the council declare James King of England. So this is how he becomes James the fifth, right? Sixth of Scotland. And James and the first, first of England. Of England we the first will James. talk about it. <laughs> Amanda is very interested in James. Yes. <laughs> which is, an, he's an interesting character yeah, he in sure a lot is. of ways. <laughs> um, Elizabeth's coffin is carried by a barge at night, lit by torches to Whitehall. And then for her funeral, the coffin is taken to Westminster Abbey on April 28th. And there she is interred along with her sister, Mary. I still can't believe um, they did that. I know. Poor Mary. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. You can hear the whole story about that on Mary's episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the expectations of James are very high. But then, you know, start to decline by the 1620s. Also because he's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, so, but because of that, people get nostalgic for Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. And this is really where her image of, like, the heroine, the virgin queen, you know, the great ruler of England and the the hero of the Protestants, that's where that, like, golden age kind of comes from. I mean, if you think about it in terms of her rule, people call it a golden age, but it's not like the country was always prospering. No. I mean, it wasn't suffering quite so much as it was under the previous rulers. No. And she did, you know, set forth things that are still in place. You know, the Church of England is the way that it is today because of the moves that elizabeth made basically um but yeah i mean she's that's that built up image and a lot of it is due to james being so disappointing and people getting nostalgic (laughs) for her and and really building her up at that point and that idea of her that that has just stuck stuck with us yeah yeah we still have it yes we do i mean i think about it yeah i think of her that's that's how i see her in my mind Mm -hmm. even though you know like more about her life and it's not like it's not like her life was 
so scandalous as some of the other ones that would completely remove that image. But that image is definitely, you know, like, idealized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah, she's she's a fascinating character. She was a fascinating there's a lot, woman. There's a lot more to learn about her military exploits, but there were just so many I couldn't fit them and all in. And it's also less Charmata interesting was... than all of the other stuff about her well, life. I wouldn't say it's less interesting. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot in there. Yeah. Um, that sort of short up the alliances to that then set many other things in motion yeah. but um definitely interesting to read about but yeah I just for didn't sure have time yeah should we do a little google autofill real quick yeah i think we'll get some good stuff for her okay so is elizabeth the first related to elizabeth the second i mean technically for, in like weird weird ways not the normal D- way super distant yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, is Elizabeth the first on Netflix? I have no idea. <laughs> I think they're referring does to she, that movie. Does she live now? Does she on live Netflix? On Netflix now. Does she have an account? Hearts, and does she Netflix and chill? <laughs> in our hearts, memories, and minds, <laughs> Elizabeth now lives on Netflix. Yeah. Is Elizabeth the first related to Henry the Eighth? <laughs> she sure is. Oh, boy. <laughs> Was Elizabeth the first a good queen? Now that's a good question. That is a good question. Probably that's better than the queen before her. Yeah. <laughs> well, she also had more time. Uh-huh. So, but yeah. And burned less people. So, like, like basically none, uh-huh. as far as I know. Yeah. So I would say yes. <laughs> I would say ultimately, yeah. I mean, she was, she was an important and um, influential queen. Yeah. We wouldn't be where we are now if not for her. Yeah. And we also wouldn't have Elizabeth II because she wouldn't have taken that name. Yep. Yeah. Uh, was Elizabeth I Protestant? Yes, she was. She sure was. Technically, although she believed in freedom of religion more than you might expect. Yeah, that is true. Was Elizabeth I Catholic? No, we just discussed this. <laughs> was Elizabeth I an absolute monarch? That's a great question. Oh. Um, I mean, I think I think the technical answer to that is yes. Yeah. That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Was Elizabeth the first baron? Another good question. Oh. oh we don't know. I don't know. Because we don't know if she actually was a virgin. I mean, my guess is no. Same. Let's be honest. She had that dude hanging around her all the time. Yeah, so either she was barren, or she was extremely lucky, or she was actually a virgin. I don't know the answer to that question. No, she wasn't a virgin. She married the doctor, remember? (laughs) Sick Doctor Who reference. (laughs) That doesn't mean she wasn't a virgin. (laughs) It's fair. Although he says that, though. He does. He says that. (laughs) And finally, was Elizabeth I bald? Ah, yeah. Partially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was. She was. I love that somebody Googled that. I was about to say, I love that that was a popular question that. because I didn't know that. And I love that that was well enough known to be on the Google autofill. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's great. So good. Well, that's the last of the tutors. We did it. We did it. We've made it. We are I definitely, have... definitely going to do James at some point, but it's not going to be my next episode because I think we need a little breather from the yeah. time period. I have no clue what I'm going to talk about next. <laughs> Zero ideas. Huh. Maybe something from Russia. Yeah, maybe. 
I don't know. I already talked about the last of the Romanovs, and that's what I'm most interested in. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I also don't know what I'm doing next time, but I'll figure it out. But it's not going to be James. We'll get to him later. Well, listeners, if you have suggestions for what you'd like to hear us talk about, or if you have questions, comments, um, you know, praises, (laughs) um, insults, I'll take those two. Um, (laughs) I will. I won't like it, but, you know. I'll take it. You have the right to say what you please. Um, you can email those things to remember that pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at RTT pod. Please tweet about the show and tell your friends. Yes. Also, please tweet us suggestions. Nobody has sent us suggestions yet, but I would love to, um, talk about some stuff that you guys want to know about. So if you have something that you're really interested in and you want to know more about, uh, hit us up. We would be happy to do stuff based on your suggestions. Yeah. We'll research it. Yeah. We got to do research anyway. Right? I love we'll learning. Research. I want to learn about new things. So I would love to talk about stuff that you guys want to know about. Love to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also on Facebook. I never talk about being on Facebook because we just like have one because it feels like we should have one. <laughs> you can find us if you just search Remember That Time podcast or whatever. Um, we're there. Um, and if you want to find me on the internet, I am at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter awesome did it we sure did i feel accomplished i know we're free (laughs) it was a great one to end on too it was like way less depressing than all the other ones yeah yeah well for elizabeth yes so much for mary yes scots but it was a a good way to leave the tutors and elizabeth thought so too she did so until next time remember that time (laughs) 